Hi there, I'm Russ, and welcome to Dapper Dividends. I'm beyond a beginner, far from an expert, and there's a good chance I know something you don't. The following content are my opinions on investing in life and are not financial advice, but shared for your fun and entertainment. Now that's Dapper. Hey, what's up, everybody? Dapper Dividends, lucky number 13 for May 22nd, 2020. I am Russ. And wherever you are hearing my voice, whenever you are hearing my voice, thank you. As I am speaking to you from the past, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you would kindly leave a review and subscribe and whatever you have to do on wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you're using. Uh, One thing I want to know is why is the market broken? What is wrong with the stock market? Horrible, horrible economic news everywhere, every day I see all over the world. And yet this market just cannot go down. I saw somebody on Twitter post that a meteor or an asteroid could wipe out all of humanity and the stock market would go up 2%. Boy, ain't that the truth. Uh, The market finished off the week, uh, especially today. Uh, The NASDAQ and the S&P were up slightly and the Dow was down slightly, but all in all, I'd say that was negligible. And it's just really hard to predict. And this further emphasizes why I love dividend growth investing, why I love investing in these solid blue chip premium quality companies that I can sleep easy at night. I love holding. They're going to keep paying me those growing dividends because they are awesome and amazing companies. And quite frankly, no matter where we're headed, I'm fairly confident that the future needs these companies that people will depend on their products or services. So I had a thought that I want to invest going forward, primarily, mostly in the core holdings, which I am going to be calling, if you've ever seen The Wedding Singer, or if you've seen Adam Sandler's latest stand-up, he has a song called I Want to Grow Old With You. Really cool song. Check it out. But this is my version of dividend growth investing. I'm trying to pick stocks that I want to grow old with. Literally, I want to grow old with these stocks, spend the rest of my life with these stocks I'm picking. I'll continue to hold them. They'll continue to pay me growing dividends. And when I die, I will hopefully be able to bequeath them to my children, to my kith and kin, to quote Chevy Chase from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So I want to buy and hold these stocks for as long as I am alive. So what have I been buying? Well, if you've been following me, I have two accounts uh, that I'm buying and holding into right now that are both dividend growth accounts. Uh, The first is my taxable account. And in the taxable account, I ended up running an experiment that was completed on Monday called Dividends Now. I had this great bright idea to buy a blue chip company where I bought Walmart at $122.35, I think. I don't have my notes in front of me. But anyway, the point was that Walmart pays $2.16 a year in dividends. So I was going to ride that up. And when I gained $2.16, and my plan was to do it in hopefully a week, I would cash out and I would have collected on every share a year's worth of dividends, but I would have got them paid now instead of having to hold and wait. And I ended up averaging down to get to my 122 bucks. 
and it popped up right before earnings and I sold a little bit too early but I ended up getting two and a half years worth of dividends uh, granted I'll have to pay uh, short-term capital gains on those but uh, I, you know I learned that I'm just not cut out because I felt bad about selling it I felt like I was letting go of a long-lost friend sorry about that did you hear that little ding that was say some pop-up notification so a uh, little bit of uh, panic and pandemonium here around the household our internet went out it was not us it was Xfinity I, <laughs> I did log into the account right away because I fear I might have missed the bill or forgot to pay um, and there's my wife texting me but no I did pay everything is all good and that is the internet coming back on as it was out for what about almost th three hours now so anyway internet's back on we're good to go I'll be able to upload this tonight after all won't have to go and sit outside somewhere that has a Wi-Fi signal for me to use uh, where was I anyway so I sold Walmart didn't like it I'm not good at trading stocks uh, I'm very good at buying and holding things which is evidenced by I have shares of uh, Aurora Cannabis and uh, NIO NIO car company the Chinese car company and Helios and Matheson ticker symbol HMNY because I'm not very good at selling I'm very good at buying so this fits me like a glove the dividend growth investing uh, so in my taxable account I bought some Duke ticker symbol DUK at $83.99 I bought more of I continue to average down Simon Property Group, ticker symbol SPG. I bought some shares at $56.50. I had received a dividend from ticker symbol ET, Energy Transfer, a smaller company, but from everything I see that they should be able to sustain their dividend, and they have not cut it yet through all this, which is surprising through everything, through all the headwinds that the oil sector has gone through, Energy Transfer has not cut so they uh, I received a dividend and I ended up buying some more shares with that and the dividend covered about a quarter position so I, I really wasn't looking forward to buying much more ET but I figured uh, you know I just got bit with that dividend reinvestment did a little bit of dripping which I normally don't do and I bought some ET I also went into the financials and bought some Prudential at $56.89. I have a decent amount of uh, ticker symbol PRU Prudential. I love the company. I think they have a very strong balance sheet. Uh, their free cash flow more than covers the dividend, I guess, if you're not uh, aware. You can Google um, the payout ratio as of uh, free cash flow. I think that's a little bit more accurate than the earnings per share. So I like to use the free cash flow when I'm looking at a dividend payout ratio. And then I drew a line in the sand. This is one that I have been wanting to get into for a while. And a little mental trick I like to do is I draw lines in the sand when I'm entering a position because I see a price I want, but I keep thinking it's going to go down a little more. It might go down a little more. So instead of waiting, I will buy one or two shares. I call it my line in the sand. So I bought Pepsi, ticker symbol PEP. It's always had such a high valuation. This thing never goes on sale except for about six weeks ago in the, you know, March when everything was crashing. But 
I was so busy averaging down so many of my other positions and I had my eye on Pepsi. I didn't pull the trigger. I really should have pulled the trigger and I wish I had of, but it's okay. Uh, it's a little expensive now. I did pull the trigger after reading about snacks.com, which is a website uh, that they started. And I think it's trying to compete with, they're trying to stay in the loop. And, and one thing I love is creative destruction. I received some very good piece of advice once upon a time that you want to invest in companies that are doing the the uh, creating and not on the destruction end of things. And when you can see a company that's constantly creating and evolving and staying up with the times, those are the companies you want to uh, stay invested in and keep investing in. Uh, Pepsi definitely fits that bill. So with snacks.com, they are basically selling direct to the consumer through snacks.com, all their products. And if you have $15 or more USD, they will ship for free. Beautiful idea, very cool concept, good for them. And then I think I also read, and I didn't look into this one, it was foodpantry.com, I believe. I might be wrong on that. I should have looked it up. But anyways, I have been looking to get into this beautiful blue chip company, Pepsi, P-E-P. I finally did $130.99. So now every time that I see that price dip below $130.99, I'm going to be way more inclined to keep putting money in and averaging down instead of waiting for it to get a little lower, a little lower, because now I have that 130.99 anchored in my mind. And I think like, look at this, I can average down. So next week I have a feeling I will be averaging down and they are currently at a PE of about 24, which is definitely not on sale and a little bit expensive, but you know what, Pepsi, I want to grow old with you. I want to grow old with you. <laughs> so, uh, and then last but not least, I bought some J&J, &J, ticker symbol Johnson & Johnson, at $146.95. And I did this, here is an, speaking of mental tricks, here's is another mental trick I like to do to get myself to buy more shares of these great companies, is today... May 22nd was Johnson & Johnson's ex-dividend date. So you have to own, if you don't know, before the ex-dividend date. So if you own at market open on this morning, everybody who owns shares of Johnson & Johnson at market open will receive the dividend. So I guess unless you can, you know, I don't even think that works for buying the shares pre-market because Yes, they're being sold to you, but they don't register until the market opens. So I do believe that uh, by market close, you have to own the shares the night before. So anyway, I, I guess I should look into that. I have something to research now, but I just always play it safe and I make sure I own the shares by the uh, by the market close. So that is 3 p.m. Chicago or Central time. So I bought some shares of Johnson & Johnson and I beat the ex-dividend date and got myself a few more shares. And now we will shift it over to the $30,000 portfolio. This is something I've been working on and something I will be doing videos for. I'm hoping to do a video this weekend. If I don't get to it, I promise I will do something for next weekend on YouTube. So in a nutshell, I pulled $30,000 from my IRA at American Funds, which is just a bunch of 
mutual funds that you I hate it you couldn't do anything with it um, there was little to no flexibility it was like being trapped inside of a constrictive box so I took the hit uh, pulled the $30,000 out cost me $125 to do that there was the processing fee and you know, I understand I may be losing some money by dollar cost averaging in, but I can do things like writing covered calls. I can invest in ETFs or equities, anything I want to. I have so much more control over it. It's it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. So uh, this week in that, in my $30,000, the 30K SD IRA, I bought some Kimberly Clark, which were my first shares, my line in the sand shares of ticker symbol KMB. I bought those uh, three shares at $137.15. Oh, and by the way, with this 30K uh, SDIRA, I feel a little more comfortable sharing prices and being open because this is more of a something I want to share with the world. So this will be on display uh, to the penny for all to see. So I bid by, I bought three shares of Kimberly Clark at $137.15. I bought five shares of ticker symbol ED, Consolidated Edison, at $72. I bought 50 shares of ticker symbol MO, Altria, at $37.75. And as I touched on my last episode, this was, I my intention was to own 100 shares of Altria so I could write a covered call. On May 14th, last week, or two weeks ago, I bought, uh, no, that was last week. I bought 50 shares at $36.19. So that gave me a total of 100 shares with an average of $36.98. And I sold a covered call on Monday. Uh, I did a horrible butcher job of trying to explain this, but a covered call is you own 100 shares and you're selling somebody the right or the option to purchase those shares at an expiration date in the future and they pay you a premium that you keep no matter what for that uh, privilege. And when those shares close below that price, you keep all 100 shares, but anything above and beyond that, uh, that closing price you do not get paid past. So for mine was $37.50. I was paid a $121 premium for that, of which Charles Schwab charges $0.65 for options contracts. So that uh, brought that down to $120.35. I got to pocket. That's really cool. I keep that no matter what. No matter what happens, that $120.35 is mine to keep. And you get it right away. So I immediately received that money in my account to do what I wanted to with that. Uh, with that being said, so the person that bought that, you what you want to do is because they're already in the hole, $121, that gets basically tacked on to the $37.50. So that gives them a break-even price of... Uh, $38.71. So for them, it doesn't make sense for them to call those shares away if it is below $38.71. So luckily, I also, because I'm super, super smart, I straddled the dividend 
the ex-dividend date, which is why I picked this date in particular. So Altria's ex-dividend date is June 12th, the day the contract expires. So when market opens on June 12th, unless somebody executes that contract early, which the only reason they would do that is if the shares really took off in price and they knew they were going to buy them and they wanted to capture that dividend, they could close that contract out early and compensate me the $3,750 and they would receive those. But if that does not happen, which I do not anticipate it, and I'll let you know, if when market opens, the day the contract expires, if I still am in possession of those shares, I will also be rewarded 84 cents a share or $84. So here's going to tidy this all up with a nice little bow, I hope. My average was 100 shares at $36.98. I sold a covered call contract for $37.50. And for that, I received $121 or $1.21 per share that I get to keep. So because my upside on the shares is $37.50 plus the 84 cent dividend plus the $1.21 per share. If I add those all together, that gives me my break-even line of $39.55. So even if they called those shares away at $39.54, I would receive $3,750 for the shares plus the $84 of dividends plus the $121 I received for writing the covered call that I get to keep. So I would still be up a dollar on that if they called those away. So that would probably be the most ideal situation. And from the person that called those shares away, if it did happen to move up in their favor, I would still receive $3,750 from them. And I would write it again. I would put that into buying something else and writing another covered call and keep it going from there, which this is something I was not able to do. Okay, I am done with the covered call explanations. If this did not make any sense to you and you're new to this, good. If you are an expert, you probably think I'm doing a terrible job. But either way, go to YouTube, go to Google, type in uh, explain covered call writing. And I'm sure there'll be somebody with some great infographics and put a lot of time and effort into making a nice and easy to understand explanation. All right, I'm going to take a break. I was going to talk to you guys about how you can buy enough shares of Colgate and how many shares of Colgate you would need to never have to buy toothpaste again for your entire life. I did some math on that. I'm going to save that for Monday because it's getting late and I rambled on way too long about that covered call writing and just about everything else. So I'm going to take a break. If you haven't, please follow me at RustyRam78 on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel called Stashing Worthy Acorns that I do that I am reviewing the Stash app, the Worthy Bonds app, and the Acorns app, kind of pitting them against each other. I put $50 into all three, and I'm adding $20 a month. And I'm reviewing every week what I'm doing and which one is performing the best and what I think of them. So check that out on YouTube. That's Stashing Worthy Acorns, and I'll be back in a minute. Hey, welcome back. So this is basically...
my little bit of time. I don't really have anything planned. I don't really have any notes written. Uh, what I really want to talk about is something I saw today that a co-worker brought to my attention about uh, Mr. Joe Biden, if you're following American politics. So I'm not political, but I love politics. I'm not right. I'm not left. I'm not. I don't believe in political parties personally. I believe in the people. I look for who has the best ideas. I don't care about skin, gender, sexuality. I really don't care about any of that. Whoever has the best ideas is the person that I'm going to vote for. With that being said, my kids know and I teach them never trust a politician. I teach them that the smallest minority is the individual. So that is who needs to be protected is the individual. I don't like to look at people as part of a group. I do not agree with that at all. I try to look at people as individuals. Everybody's different. I don't care what you look like. You have to tell me who you are and what you're about before I can make an informed decision, uh, aka not judging a book by its cover, I think is pretty good. Anyway, so I guess Joe Biden was on a podcast called The Breakfast Club, I think it was. And he said that if you don't know if you should vote for him or Trump, you're not black. I think that's insane. I think that is uh, disgraceful. I think that's distasteful. And I don't think he's well. (laughs) I really think he is. I think the Democrats are throwing the election. I don't think that they want to have to figure out who they're going to run against Trump. I think there's a little bit of a civil war with inside the Democrat Party. I don't think they know which way they want to go. And I think there is a changing of the guard, which is good. Get some young, fresh blood in there. I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. But I would think that this is a sports analogy. You take out your star player or the person that gives you the best chance to win. And you put in the guy that or girl that pretty much stinks. And you would not put in unless there was a bevy of injuries. So it just seems a little too intentional that... They, I think they're trying to throw the election and they just want to have four more years to figure out who they are and four more years of not having to be in charge so they can fundraise and uh, just point the finger and, and admonish uh, the, the Republicans who are in power when they are. So my two cents could be wrong. Something I'm interested, something I like. You'll, you'll hear me talk about this every once in a while, but I am, uh, I don't, I'm not part of a political party. I guess if I subscribed to one, if there was a gun to my head, I would probably lean libertarian. But even then, there's uh, libertarian ideals and beliefs and things that people say in that side that I don't agree with. So uh, I guess uh, to quote one of my favorite podcasters, I love Dan Carlin. If you don't know who Dan Carlin is and you like history, hardcore history is amazing. You have to check that out. He says he feels like a political alien and I'll be a political alien with him because that's how I feel. When I look at all of politics as a whole, I don't think there's any one political party or person that represents me. So, (laughs) yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to get right to the song of the show. Every week or every show, I like to play a song. And since I can't play songs because I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to get flagged and I don't have the copyright, I can't play the song. But I can tell you to go to YouTube and play a song. So tonight's song is Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. 
This song came out in June of 1996, and it came out at a very pivotal time in my life. I was 18 years old, and the first time I heard this song, very cool story, I was in boot camp in Great Lakes, Illinois. Boot camp is where you go to be transformed from a civilian into a member of the military, and in my case, into a United States Naval sailor. So we would have to march around in formation, and there was this one area called the MWR, the Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. And inside the MWR, they had a jukebox and pool tables, and it was a place to hang out, but it was a place to hang out for those that had recently graduated and they were still on base for the weekend or another four, three, four, five days before they got shipped out. It was a place for them to go and hang out because there's not really a whole lot to do around the uh, North Chicago area where this boot camp was. So anyways, when we would march by, we weren't allowed to hear music. Going to boot camp is like being in jail. It really is the closest thing. I've never been to jail, but I would assume it's like it because you don't have any very little control over what you do say, you know, eat. It's you're told what, when, where, how, why, how, where to be. Uh, We used to say, hurry, hurry, get there, wait. So a lot of standing around at attention. Uh, It's probably a little more strict than jail, actually. So long story short, we would be marching in formation and I was in boot camp from September of 96 until just before Thanksgiving of 96. And I remember standing there on some uh, cool, crisp fall mornings uh, and afternoons walking and walking, marching, not walking, we're marching in formation, but uh, who, to all the young sailors who were in the MWR, there was a pool table and a jukebox and the window was open and you could hear music coming out and that helped me get through. I had never heard that song before. So if you imagine, if you go and play this song tonight, tonight, I remember we were stopped one day and it was a sunny mid to late October approaching Halloween afternoon and we had stopped in front of the MWR outside of it and it was just amazing because if you remember at this point I had been there for a little over a month maybe a month yeah, a little over a month I had not heard music I had not heard music other than the songs that we were required to sing so this was amazing to me I knew it was the Smashing Pumpkins the Smashing Pumpkins by the way are a Chicago band they're from Chicago Billy Corgan north side he's a cubs fan so i knew his voice and i knew it was the band but i'd never heard this song so go to youtube play tonight tonight by the smashing pumpkins and think of me russ a young young sailor not knowing what i was doing Uh, that's the other thing about boot camp i remember my first night there laying in my rack it was very surreal the lights went out i remember people were making jokes and i was scared scared out of my mind I thought what did I get myself into I thought I was prepared but that first night that first day it was so busy checking in getting your hair cut go here go there go do this eat okay now stand up sit go there push-ups I was I was tired but I remember that first night in that rack I just remember laying I was on the bottom bunk looking up 
and thinking, what the heck did I just do? I made a very big mistake. So it all ended up well. I had a good time in the Navy. Uh, Definitely don't regret it. Would definitely do it again. Would definitely recommend military to any young person who doesn't know what they want to do with their life. So check it out, please, for me. Check out Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. And I will be back to talk to you on Tuesday. And remember, everyone you meet has something to teach you.